Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 19. Data recording is October 16th, 2018. We just saw the United States of America throw away a 1-0 win to Peru to end up having a 1-1 tie. Uh, we'll talk about that later. So uh, we're going to recap the U.S.'s two games. It's going to be a big U.S. men's national team's focus pod. And then we'll uh, preview some uh, Europe. European yeah. action this well, weekend and next week, and probably talk about hot guys. I mean, this is a hot guy podcast that dabbles into a little soccer, so you know you're going to get your uh, your aesthetic man fix if that's what you came here for, and, and I know that's exactly what you came here for. But first... To the byline. It's in! It's an odd goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel and goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his calf. Got no check, really the keeper. Astonishing position to get the body into. So, uh, I don't know if you would qualify this as breaking news, but Search du Soleil, which is that Vegas act where people contort their bodies, are having a new stage show based on the life of Leo Messi to be launched in 2019. And I really don't know what it's going to look like, like different positions you can lick your own butthole in <laughs> as we go through Argentina. I, think, like, I just don't know. I, I think, you know, working off of some material laid out by Maradona this week, it might just be different ways to like vomit and shit themselves 20 times before a game. I just don't know what like a, that sort of show based off of a soccer player, any soccer player's life would look well, like. Well, more importantly, like, these performers aren't going to be able to play soccer as well as <laughs> Messi does. So, like, we're just going to be seeing second-rate second soccer. Do you think someone's going to, like, twist themselves up into a ball and then other people are going <laughs> to kick them? I think there's some kind of pornography that, that covers that, Donnie. Yeah, I'll look into that later. Uh, so working off of something I was I was just referring to, Diego Maradona had a quote, and Donnie, I really need you to tell me what the fuck he, he means. Uh, when talking about Messi, he says, he is a great player, but he is not a leader. It's useless trying to make a leader out of a man who goes to the toilet 20 times before a game. Okay. What? Okay, well, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Studies show that if you would, like... They did a study. They had some Who's guys. They? Who's they? Who's they? <laughs> some, I swear it's someone reputable. Just fact check me later. Just go roll with it for now, okay? Just uh, roll Preston, with can you please fact check Donnie or do you only fact check me? Uh, so they did a study. They had some guys play soccer. Then at halftime, they all had sex. Not with each other, with uh, a sexual partner of their choice. I'm presuming <laughs> it was chicks. Um, and the second half... They all visibly performed much better than in the first half before they had sex, which makes me think that Messi jacks off 20 times before every game, which is why he's so good. He has literally nothing weighing him down. Okay, but here's here's where I think I I can see that argument, and I I still need a better source than they uh, for your medical studies. It was it was the uh, it was Harvard. (laughs) It was the uh, Harvard. (laughs) Um, yeah, this sounds like a very Ivy League research uh, study. But the way Maradona talks about it, he's using this as like a negative slight against Messi. So I'm thinking it's got to be like he's vomiting or maybe even pooping himself. Is he is he dropping a, 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 a Dusseldorf? <laughs> Excellent reference. Um, <laughs> no, okay, but jacking off in like the locker room is a big negative. Like, that's a, there's an understanding in sports that you don't masturbate in the locker room. You just don't do that. It's a sacred place. I'm sticking with my uh, excessive masturbation. Take. Well, see, okay, I, I'm also seeing like the same quote with two different uh, translations because there's one that says he's a great player, but he's not a leader. It's useless trying to make a leader out of a man who goes to the toilet 20 times a game. Now, going to the toilet makes me think it's way less masturbation based. We don't know what he does when he goes in there and he closes that door. Maybe Maradona does. He's, he's into some freaky shit. This just makes me think that this Maradona saying this either means that he's currently sober or he's currently back on 
subpar drugs. I just don't know well, which one it is. I really think there's there's one option that's way more likely than the others. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's back definitely on the hard drugs. On, isn't he managing some club that's owned by like one of the largest cartels? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so I think we have our answer there. All right. that'll, that'll be the next season of Narcos. Moving on. Wait, there's more stuff to cover? Uh, I, th- I thought we Res- really topped out at Cir- Cirque du Soleil. Resident Infant Cheetah, and otherwise known as Killing Mbappe, was on the international cover of Time Magazine's for Next Generation Leaders uh, International Edition, which is pretty badass. He's 19 years old. He's already making covers of Time Magazine. Do you think, That's pretty cool. Do you think you, you used the word international maybe one too many times in the, in the, the title of, of the magazine <laughs> he was in? Well, I just wanted people to know that it wasn't the U.S. cover, so if they like... If they go to like, I don't know the Gap. I don't know wherever the fuck they sell magazines. Were you about to say the Were you about to say the Gap? I was about to say the gas station. Oh, that, that makes way more sense. And instead of buying a hustler, they buy a copy of Time. I didn't want them to think I'm a liar. You know what? I'd be fucking fact checking my halftime sex story. You know, I I do want them to be fact checking us and calling us out because we could really use some more audience involvement in our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Please, guys, I want to know you're still out there. Uh, other news, John Terry has just been appointed Aston Villa's assistant manager. Their current manager, Dean Smith, I'd just like a moment of silence for him. Wait, did he pass? No, Dean Smith did not pass, but we already know that his wife has already been fucked by John Terry. My real question is, how versatile is, is Dean Smith? Wasn't he the uh, like the legendary basketball coach for, for UNC? Very possibly, he in some circles he's a he's a subpar soccer, former soccer player, turn manager. Fascinating. So John Terry, the guy that that hasn't been playing for like half a year, but retired last week, right? Yes, that's Sa- John same Terry. John Terry. Wow, he really he really moved uh, quickly from from playing soccer last week to being uh, an assistant manager. Yeah, well, he moves quickly from woman to woman as well, so this, it all kind of checks out. So how long is it going to take before he starts uh, having you know fucking uh, his his players' wives? It's already happened because they <laughs> broke the news about him being assistant manager like four days ago. Okay, so yeah, he's already had four dalliances. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so talking about sex, uh, Peter Crouch in an interview said that if he wasn't if he if he hadn't been a soccer player, he would be a virgin. <laughs> you know. What? <laughs> Talk about the ultimate self-aware. I need, I, need, I need to actually rephrase that because they asked him, what would his like profession, what would he be if he wasn't a soccer player? And he answers with a virgin. <laughs> oh, well, you can kind of be a professional virgin because you can auction off your virginity. <laughs> what? So, what? Yeah, no, people will buy your virginity. Like, for, I mean, guys, it's like not worth anywhere near as much, obviously. But like for girls, like. I've heard about, like, Donnie, girls who, like, sell their virginity to, like, some fucking sultan for, like, you, 150, 200 grand. I'm a little concerned about how you came across this information. I mean, I just fucking, like, read about it or just saw it on a news article or something. I'm not, like, a virginity stockbroker over here. Wait, how, do, not, we, wait, how do we go from how do you know about this to you saying that you're not buying and selling virginity? <laughs> Where did you get to that bridge that gap? Because you're fucking pointing fingers at me like this is a Supreme Court nomination confirmation. <laughs> Dude, that, wow. We just jumped the shark on that one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, point is, Peter Crouch knows he'd be a virgin, and in case you're like Eric and you just don't exist in the world, you can buy and sell virginity. <laughs> I am, hey, all right, listeners, we're doing our first listener poll. How many of you are aware that people buy and sell virginity on like the dark web? Please let us know. Email us at ongolpodcast you know, ongol at gmail.com or our Twitter or Facebook. Maybe not Twitter or Facebook. Just just privately email us this one. Um, also, building off, somebody asked Antonio Cassano the, the same question. He's been a, like a long-time Serie A player, played for, you know, AC Milan, Inter Milan, a whole bunch of clubs. They asked him what, what his profession would be if he wasn't a soccer player, and he straight face said he'd be a criminal. <laughs> Which makes me kind of suspicious about what he's doing now. <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, word is he's trying to come back and, and like unretire again for the fifth time. This dude is the Brett Favre of, of Italian soccer. Doesn't he have like a pig heart at this point? He does have some kind of heart condition, but I think if he only plays like 10 games a year, he's fine, which is why I think he keeps <laughs> retiring and unretiring. Uh, I love the guy as a player. Uh, you know, a lot of he plays with a lot of fire and, and kind of grit and a little dirty, which now that I think about it, he definitely would be a criminal if he wasn't a professional <laughs> soccer player. Uh, this is actually a good time to introduce a new segment that Eric came up with. Eric, would you like to explain our new segment? Yeah, we're uh, we're kind of flushing this out. It's a it's a little bit building off of a, a segment that kind of crashed and burned, which was our our name association segment. We're calling this one Aptitude Test, and uh, each of us are going to submit one player, and the other person has to decide what they think their profession or not even profession. What would they be if they weren't a soccer player? So. Th- an example would be Peter Crouch, virgin, Antonio Cassano, criminal. And uh, Diego Maradona, heavy drug user. Yeah, oh, wait. Or or <laughs> I honestly think he'd be like a a mid-level enforcer supplier in a drug cartel. Yeah. So I'm going just to, to start our, our good friend Donnie off with a, a softball here that I think you can you can take it in a couple of different ways. But if he wasn't going to be a professional soccer player, what would Kareem Benzema be? He'd be a porn director. <laughs> That's exactly. What I, I was afraid he would you're absolutely be a porn director. I was afraid you're going to take like the easy one and go with he'd be like a, a blackmailer. But I was hoping you were going to dig a little deeper and answer it with a, a porn director. So you got that one full marks, Donnie. Full marks. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, okay. Uh, if he weren't a professional soccer player. <clears throat> What who what would Sergio Ramos be? Oh shit! Well, okay, guys, yeah, you guys heard it here. Sergio Ramos would be shit. <laughs> no, if Sergio <laughs> Ramos wasn't a professional soccer player, I could see him being like, oh god, he's a skeezy um, virgin stockbroker. Like he's he's <laughs> buying and selling virginity. Uh, to like princes and sheiks and stuff, uh, you know, at their clubs in a beat in a beat the. Yeah, no, actually, I see that. I, actually, I like that answer a lot. I was thinking he would be a serial killer, <laughs> not like exactly a perfection, but he would just be a murderer, like a mass murderer, maybe even a like a minor domestic terrorist. No, he's he's handsome enough to be like a serial killer. Oh yeah, but I think his his tats make him way too identifiable. And and the whole thing about being a serial killer now the whole like mass murderer maybe minor terrorist um, like I okay that that I could see with it with his tat setup but I'm just looking at this guy he looks fresh as fuck in a suit I'm seeing him in a club in a pizza with a a fucking suit and shades on indoors and he's like directing sheiks to to buy 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 or sell 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 their their you know accrued uh, capital of virginity. Wait, I have a question. How much do you think your virginity would sell for? Uh, I would have to sell it. I'd have to sell somebody to take my virginity if I still had it. <laughs> oh, humble brag. Eric's not a virgin anymore. Kissing counts, right? <laughs> Definitely in my book, man. <laughs> All, All right. right. That's, a, that's-, that's at do test and and. I think just kind of something that, that we're pushing uh, a little more, you know, crowd involvement. If you guys have any uh, any suggestions or players that you want our opinions on on what their their non-soccer career would be, hit us up. You know, shoot us a text, tweet at us, let us know. We'd love to include some more more players into the segment. Obviously, we'll still you know supply one or two each week as well. Yeah, and with that, we go to our Probably our favorite segment by far, Hawkeye of the Week. And this is a segment where we don't want your impact input because we don't want to deprive us of, of, of researching hot dudes in the, in the weeks of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eric, all right, am I starting out Hawkeye of the Week? Yeah. I sent you a picture of him, and you got to agree <laughs> that he is very hot. This guy is a looker. Uh, his name is Alfred Finbogason. He's an Icelandic striker, so Iceland. There you go, Eric. And he... He's a striker for the German Bundesliga club Augsburg. So we just had the international break. Iceland tied France 2-2, and he had an assist in that game. And then they lost 2-1 to Switzerland, but he scored the lone goal for Iceland in that game. 
And in two Bundesliga appearances this season, he's got four goals, which is a better goal rate than Messi or Ronaldo have ever had at any point in their career. Well, there you go. And that's, that's a large, uh, large sample size to work from, right? It's, a, it's, it's actually exactly double one. <laughs> More importantly, he's playing really well, and this guy is – he looks good. I, yeah, I'm actually going to tweet a picture of him right now I'll, and say uh, Hawkeye of the Week. Perfect. Perfect. Um, my, but it's my, gonna, should it be from my account or the pod's account? I think it should come from your account. but That's fair. I'm just going to put the pod in it. That's fair. Um, so so my guy is a, a little more mainstream. I think a lot of our listeners are going to know who this is, and you have uh, have ties to him. He had a, a very solid week in the international break. England had a, a great 3-2 victory over uh, over Spain. And uh, our, our boy here had both a goal and an assist. And I just think you look at him. He's 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 you know he's he's a little young, but he's just got classic good. Well, looks. Well, that's how you like him, Gates. You like him young. <laughs> he just has classic good looks, and I'm talking about Marcus Rashford. Yeah, he's got incredible cheekbones. Have you seen high cheekbones? Have you seen him in a suit? Yeah, I think. Dude, I've seen him shirtless. I've seen him in a suit. Come on. I think. I think if if you you know looking good in a suit is just classic hot guy appeal right there and on top of that had a great week for England he's been a bit a little hit or miss with Man United this year not not always getting full minutes and when he does sometimes playing well sometimes you know leaving a little bit desired but he continues to perform really well for Gareth Southgate with England and uh, I, I liked seeing his performance and just giving him a shout out hot guy of the week next week I gotta pick somebody who's a, a little bit older yeah, did you? All your picks have been kind of young. I'm so all my picks, start. we've picked two people. We picked twice. Oh, honorable mention though, I almost picked Ed and Jekko as back to back. Oh, by the week I he had dude, a brace. I was gonna pick him if you if you had if you hadn't picked him last week. I was gonna pick Ed and Jekko. Uh, thought he honorable played. honorable mention, hot guy. Yeah, honorable mention, hands down. Yeah, that's a hot guy of the week. By far our best segment. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, we're gonna switch gears here to. Uh, Talk about some U.S. soccer. Yeah, yeah. Kind of excited, kind of disappointed. Typical U.S. soccer, really. Uh, yeah. First, first mean, game was uh, was last Thursday, and it was uh, USA-Columbia in my, uh, my hometown area of Tampa Bay. Uh, kind of cool to see, you know, Julian Green from Tampa, Ben Sweat from Tampa actually get to, to kind of play in that area for the United States. Unfortunately, the result was a 4-2 Columbia victory over U.S. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty predictable. Columbia had just about their full squad out there. Yeah. Baca, Falcao, James Rodriguez. And, I mean, we have an experienced team. But there was definitely a lot of – I mean, there was a lot of bad things that happened. Don't get me wrong. Like, losing 4-2 is never good. But there were definitely some positive signs that we can build on. Yeah, I, just, I, I wanted to kind of point out that uh... – Anthony Robinson against Brazil had to go up against Douglas Costa and then his next start against Colombia had to take on uh, either Spooky Juan Cuadrado or Jaimez Rodriguez when they flipped him. That's a fucking task right there. Yeah, that is... He did not have a great game against Colombia, but he's also a 19-year-old kid going up against some of the top attacking players in the world. And, and yeah, he's, he's had some lapses defensively, but he has looked pretty solid when he was able to get up and attack and, and link up with the, the mids and the forwards. And I kind of like that, even though probably should have been a little more defensive, he was still trying to get up and occupy the space. So there are things to be desired. Also, what I liked is, is you know, when he did screw up, he, he didn't become super gun-shy afterwards. Um and, and that even, you know, goes back to against Brazil. He was, you know, got got wrecked, and then he came as a sub against Mexico and played really well. So he he's open to the challenge, and he likes taking players on, which I like to see in youth. Absolutely. Well, you just like to see youth in general, buddy. Um, but, and then he had a great ball. Even though he's not technically credited for the assist, he had a beautiful cross whipped in, which, like, skimmed off some Colombian dude's head. And then... Uh, who was it that scored off his? It was Acosta. It was Kevin yeah, Acosta, who made a, a fantastic 30, 35-yard run, too. Yeah, with a great finish. And um, 
I was going to say this, dude. The whole back line looked out of sorts, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited when we saw the lineup that we got Yedlin, Miazga, Brooks, and Anthony Robinson. Uh, they did not mesh well. And I mean, like I said, these, these guys haven't played that many games together, and there's a lot of time. It was just, it was a rough start, but, you know, it's against a good Columbia team. I mean, heck, that game was so weird. We go down 1 0, all of a sudden we're up 2 1, and then. We lose 4-2. It was the exact roller coaster of emotion that describes being a U.S. soccer fan. It was the last four years condensed into 90 minutes, really. Yeah, uh, some, that's some, a good way to put it. Something that, that I kind of – I know you and I were texting back and forth during the game because that's all we do when we watch soccer is talk to each other. And then we talk talk about soccer with each other after we watch soccer. We, we need a life. Uh, but um, Colombia, as you mentioned, had Jaimez. They had – uh, Falcao, Baca, and Quadrado. U.S., as, as we've noted several times, was without Pulisic, McKinney, and Tyler Adams. Pulisic and McKinney, who are in fantastic form for their you know top-tier Bundesliga clubs that are in the Champions League. Uh, Tyler Adams, who's having a fantastic season, being linked to, to moving over to either Germany or Austria. So they had, they had uh, you know, a pretty full contention of their players. Uh, we did not. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but, oh, man, we have to talk about that ball Tim Weah played to Bobby Wood. Oh, dude, Tim Weah in the counter looks fantastic. I mean, boy needs to hit the weight room. There is no doubt about that. I mean, he, he needs to do the Yedlin program because Yedlin used to be a little slimmer like that, and then he went and played in England for a couple years, and now Yedlin is fucking Yeti, jacked. Yeti went to the championship and got bulked quick because players throw you to the fucking deck in the championship. That's like a that's like perma bulking. There's no cutting in the championship. You're always bulking. <laughs> you you might be playing rugby. You're not sure when you're in the championship. There, there's a lot more physicality there. Uh, yeah, Wea, if he can if he can put on some bulk and some you know not 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 get fat like uh like like last season Luke Shaw. Um, I'm talking about you know shots fired. There were other players you could have used. I said last season. That nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He could have used Ronaldo. He's the most prominent. He has an eating disorder, okay? Or a thyroid no, disorder. He, he's a thyroid he's disorder. Having, he's not a 15-year-old white girl. He has a thyroid problem. He's a thyroid problem. Shots, fire, shots fired at eating disorders. I apologize. That was a joke. Oh, uh, God. There's no way we can publish this episode. Um, yeah. If he can, but as you mentioned, if he can, if he can bulk up, put on some muscle and some strength, because there were a few times where where he just got got thrown off the ball, and that was something I kind of noticed across the board. Um, we were, I mean, we were unsurprisingly slower than Colombia, not as technically gifted all around the pitch, uh, and the fact that we were also being out muscled in most challenges is concerning to me. Right? If if you can't win the speed battle, you need to compensate by being able to slow them down through your strength. And I thought there were a lot of one-on-one challenges where we were not able to do that. Well, and I think we just look so, we just lost our shape so often. And that kind of probably goes down to the coaching a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like shit on Saracen or anything like that, but, but like when you got to drop a Dusseldorf, you got to drop a Dusseldorf. Yeah. And also like, this is a fucking sick joke that we don't have a head coach. And it can only mean that we're getting some asshole MLS coach who's just going to do nothing. Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get Greg Berhalter who relies on, uh, on Will Trap for everything. So Will Trap's going, Will Trap's going to captain our, our team for the next eight okay. years. Can we switch gears to USA Peru? Cause Sorry. I'd like to, Sorry. People like are asking me like why I don't like Will Trap, why I don't like Will Trap. There was a perfect example in a play in the game. Well, there were oh, several, but oh. there was one in particular. Is it when Kellen Acosta passed him the ball and he just straight passed it right back instead of turning and pushing the ball up forward? No, but it was oh. a similar circumstance. Okay, okay. Uh, Marky Delgado, who actually played really well. I was impressed with Marky. Will, Will Trap should never play because Marky Delgado can play his spot better, first of all. And so can Tyler Adams. And so can Michael Bradley. And so can pretty much anyone. Yeah. But it was a sequence where, like, Delgado was surrounded by three Peruvians, would give the ball back to Trap, and Trap, three times in a row, played it right back to Delgado, who was still <laughs> surrounded by the same three Peruvians. At no point did Trap think to just do a 180, turn his fucking body, and get away from the three Peruvians. So think about it. If you're at midfield and you got three Peruvians clustered around one guy, 
Think about all the space there has to be if you just turn. Like, by, are you fucking kidding me? By numbers, there have to be at least two of your other players that are open. That's just math. Fucking A. And also, can we talk about the fact that he's Will Trap with one L? What the fuck is that about? <laughs> what do you think, um, you are Prince? <laughs> well, if he was Prince, he would just be Trap, right? He would just have one name. Um, but... I, I, I agree with you there. Like anybody that spells their name their name Eric with a C K or Eric with just a, with a K, like go to hell. Uh, Will with one L, get the fuck off our soccer field. But what what really irked me is something that in last week's episode we talked about really wanting to see you know the U.S. when we got the ball attack quickly and, and push push forward and and really pressure the defense right before they can get back and get set in their structure and for them for. I'd say 70% of the time that we got the ball in either game, we did not do that. Um, and and there were times in that second half in, in this Peru game tonight where we did do that. Uh, Wea and Sargent looked really good working together. And Marky Delgado kept getting his you know his head up and, and sending balls out to, uh, to Amon and, and things like that. But there was a time where we had, I think, Amon, Sargent, Wea all, like, Past the the, the 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 midway point of the, of the pitch, uh, Kellen Acosta gets the ball right around the midfield, passes it to because he's he's not he's not like his body position isn't forward. He passes it diagonally right to Trap, who's looking forward, and instead of trying to advance the ball either through dribbling a little bit or playing one of your streaking three forward players, passes it right back to Kellen Acosta, who the defenders were running towards because he had the ball less than a second before. He just, he just plays like, he just plays the pass that's just like takes the least amount of talent or vision to play. So I've been a well-recorded uh, Michael Bradley defender because I think he's a lot better than than people like to admit. I agree. And I said this to you earlier. I don't think I said it on the pod. I think it was through text or conversation. Will Trap is the is an accurate representation of all the bad things people say about Michael Bradley. Absolutely correct. Like you, you, you distill Michael Bradley and get rid of all the things he does well and you get Will Trap. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what do these results mean? The 1-1 draw with Peru and the 4-2 loss to Colombia. By the way, Jaime Rodriguez's goal in that Colombia game was, was, was literally perfect. Fucking A. No, nobody could have saved that. Nothing anybody could have done about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what it means is a really inexperienced team got another week together, two more games to play together, but we did see a lot of good flashes, you know, yeah. obviously we need, it's so clear that we don't have a permanent coach and we don't see, cause it's like the first half we were bad in this game against Peru tonight. And then the second half we come out and we fucking look really good for 20 minutes. We don't have a cohesive philosophy throughout the team and that's just because we don't have a we don't have any permanency there and like i don't think the players exactly know who they need to impress right they don't and, and different coaches are going to want to see different things and and so every time a, every time a guy is, is playing for the u.s in these friendlies what they're what they're trying to do is make sure they get a call up in a competitive game right they want to stay in in, in in the the conversation and part of that is impressing the guy that's going to be picking the squad and they don't even know who that's going to be when it matters uh, I, I really don't like this long stand. And, and like, nothing against Dave Sarakin, right? He's, he didn't come here asking to be the interim head coach. They asked him to do it. He took it on. Like, that's not an easy position to be in. Uh, no, that, no, no. All credit to him for taking that. Yeah. It, it's just there's we're, we're not setting up this, this talented, youthful generation for immediate success right now. And, and I, I, just, I don't like to see it. Yeah. And it's that kind of just gets amplified by the fact, you know, we're going to pick some MLS coach. Yeah. Oh, we're picking Greg Berhalter or maybe Peter Vermees or something. Um, so awesome. Although we, I guess we didn't, we, we kind of glossed over the actual Peru game. We jumped right into shitting on, uh, on Will Trap. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I uh, apologize, but Josh Sargent, I was, he, his, his, one of his first impacts on the game was uh, a no, no, you learn in, in like, you know, 12 youth, 12 soccer. Yeah, with passing that, it across with the that, middle. But that, yeah, passing like in his defensive third, passing it across the middle and setting up a turnover that almost led to a it led to a scoring opportunity. But after that, after that, brilliant. Like, after that, like you know, stupid FIFA pass you make and and give your opponent the goal. He he was impressive, 
and it took him a while to get his teammates to set him up, you know, with looks to goal. Uh, but his link up play, his hold up play, really impressed by this eighteen year old kid who's still playing in the you know the second the second team for the Bundes for uh, Werder Bremen. Yeah, his touch is fantastic. His ability to slow things down, speed them up is fantastic. His vision is fantastic. Really impressed by the greatest redhead in American soccer history. Definitely. Um, also, I, what a what a what good a finish, goal. by the way. What 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 a, what a goal. Yeah, nice, simple, sharp, crisp pass from Kellen Costa on the set piece, and boom. He also he looks composed on the ball in the box. Absolutely, doesn't panic. Is very calm. Very has a lot of maturity and poise of a player with. More years under th- their belt. Yeah. It, 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 I may have been a little gung-ho preseason when I said that, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be seeing him uh, this this year in the first team for, for Warner Bremen. It, it's still possible, but it could, you know, it's still, it might not be until next year, next season, when, when he actually starts playing, you know, as a 19-year-old for their, their top team. But I do think we're going to see him soon, you know, with it, within a year. Yeah, uh, a couple other bright spots. I thought John Amon, who's playing over in uh, Denmark, I think. Yeah, Denmark. I was really impressed. You know, there's things I didn't like. Like, we'll just say it flat out. He has no left foot to speak <laughs> of at all. You like, mean, it doesn't exist. You mean when he could have like, when he could have easily passed it with his left foot instead of Tim Weah on a, a perfectly open goal, and he tried to outside the right foot with it? But, dude, for a guy of his size, he is so strong. Yeah. He is so quick. He is so fast. He, he just attacks. He just directly attacks. He's, he's fearless. I, yeah, I love it. I loved what I saw from him. Uh, my, you mentioned Marky Delgado. Well, looks well, really surprisingly my, solid. My biggest, my, my biggest concern with 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 Amon, and it's I, you know, it's his first time playing you know in the U.S. for the U.S. Uh, it's the last game of that camp, so he's obviously trying to make an impression. I just thought there were a couple times, once or twice offensively, and then a few times trying to help clear defensively. He mm-hmm. held onto the ball a little too long. He tried to take on one too many players. You know, it, 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 like if he had, even if he had outside of the right footed that ball to to, to Wea, uh two three touches earlier than he attempted, I think that would have been a goal. And and there were I think one or two turnovers he had where he could have made a more simpler pass up the touch line, uh, or or even you know into a to the midfield to Kellen or somebody that we would have been able to maintain possession and, and get a good counter push. Um, so there were things that, that concerned me, but he's young, he's he's new to the, to the team, and I loved his attitude, I loved his pace, and he was he was oftentimes in the right spot. Yeah, that first half we were pretty abysmal, though, as a team. We just could not hold on to the ball. We couldn't string passes together because Will Trapp just keep playing guys who are in triple coverage who just gave him the ball. Um but second half looked a lot better. We got the goal. And then, you know, you make these substitutions and guys coming in the game cold. Yedlin just kind of falls asleep on a back post and lets Columbia equalize pretty late there in the game. Yeah, I mean, Yedlin was, what, our fourth fourth or fifth substitution. It was He came on in the 80th minute. Um, it seemed like, you know, while, while Peru had dominated us in the first half, uh, we had really figured things out and... I understand the the idea behind using all your subs is to get everybody you know playing time and, and get them those caps. I really wish managers would treat these friendlies to like to get as close of a real game simulation as possible. Use those three subs. Obviously, if there are injuries or, or tightness and things like that, definitely makes sense to utilize some additional substitutions. But I don't know. I just thought. You, you're not setting up uh, your your defenseman for success when you bring him in with with ten minutes to go, um, with with a, a line that he hasn't played with. Right, Yedlin was playing with with Brooks, Miazga, and Robinson, not not CCV, uh, Long and Sweat. Aaron Long though, that guy's a good looking dude. By the way, yeah. he's a look. He's he's a looker to me. I think he's good looking. He kind of reminds, but you know why I think he's good looking? Why? Because he kind of looks like Jordan Morris a little bit. <laughs> I don't think Jordan Morris is that good looking. Dude, Jordan Morris is a fucking hot unit. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. He's a he's a box. He's a he's like a he's like a less aesthetic Shakiri. His face is more aesthetic than Shakiri's face. Are you fucking joking? Shakiri probably has a more defined bod, but 
Jordan's I'll, face. I'll be honest. I'm not. Right. I'm never really looking at Kikiri's face. Nice. He's too busy looking at his cock. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's big. You know it's big. We're gonna cut that one out. <laughs> um, hey, so something that, that you know we always talk about, especially leading up to actual competitive competitions. What's your ideal kind of squad and formation uh, in a competitive match for the United States? Well, we've talked about this before. Uh, my ideal formation is a three. I guess you can call it a, a five. I don't know. It's three in the back, basically. It's I don't know what number. Three, it's a three center back formation is what you're talking about. Yeah. With two uh, wing backs, right? I'm sorry? With two wing backs. Yes. So it's basically a three five one two. If I really had to give it a number for you, and you got obviously uh, Zach Steffen in goal. You have because I the reason I do this is because I think our best players are our three center backs. <laughs> <laughs> three of our best players. I want to play them all. Uh, you got CCV Brooks Miazga as your back three. You got Yedlin on one side and Anthony Robinson as your wing backs. You got McKenney and Tyler Adams, kind of like as your Holden anchoring midfielders. Pulisic as your attacking mid, and you got Tim Way and Bobby Wood up top. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm never going to complain about three in the backs formation unless you don't have good center backs. Uh, I, I like this a lot. I know that Yedlin plays as a wing backer in uh, Rafa Benitez's Newcastle, so yeah. he's, so he's been doing that for a while. And I even think I don't know about this season, but I'm pretty sure last season Anthony Robinson, uh, they when he was on loan, they would oscillate between four, you know, two two center backs. And uh, and three center backs, and when they would be at three CBs, he would play as an actual wing backer as well. So so you're you're putting your fullbacks into wing backs, and they're familiar with with that 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 style. And then look at like what you like. Look at all that concentration you can have in the middle of the field too. You're setting to up keep, for a natural possession. You're setting up for a natural triangle with McKinney, Tyler Adams, and Pulisic. Which, I Which is like love. fucking beautiful. I mean, that's that's sex on a pitch right there. And I'd like it to be noted that two of my eleven, pl- nine of my eleven play in Europe, and only two play in the MLS. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I, yeah, and your it's Tyler Adams and, and Zach Steffen, both who have have talked about having ambitions of playing in Europe. Yeah, they fucking better. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I really like that. I, I love three in the back. I, I, I think, you no. Know, the, that that's a great formation. If I had to to kind of change it up, and basically let's say we didn't have a three in the back, I want to go with your you know, a very classic four three three, and uh, my back line looks pretty similar. Just taking out CCV, so got you know Zach, Dude, shots fired at CCV. I know, I know. He looked good today. He by looked the way. good. He looked good today. He did. Um, but you know I'm a heightist, and and Miazga and Brooks are just no, no. It's not called a heightist. It's called a height supremacist. <laughs> height supremacist. So, so we got Zach Steffen in goal. Yedlin, Brooks, Miazga, uh, Anthony Robinson, and then I'm gonna go with you know Weston McKinney, Michael Bradley, Tyler Adams, and then Pulisic out. You know as a you know top 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 right. Then Bobby Wood and then Tim Weah top left. Uh, I think it you know in a couple of years when Bradley's you know legitimately too old to move, you put Acosta in for for Michael Bradley. Uh, and then you you can either have Tyler Adams in that center role and Acosta as the left mid, or or you can keep Acosta in center and Tyler Adams at left mid. Uh, and then that way you have one to two guys staying back, helping to cover the mid and the defense while the other pushes up with the, the three forwards. And then depending on the opponent and how they're playing, you can even push two of them back and have one one staying help cover that that mid area in front of the defense. No, I mean, I like that formation a lot. You get to definitely get to focus a lot on attack. Um, I think it's my only thing. Like, I, I think Michael Bradley is a good player. I've always said that. I think he gets unfairly, takes a lot of unfair criticism and unfair hatred almost for people who I think are more are just more or less ignorant about the game of soccer. Yeah. My thing is I'm trying to move on from those players. And not not nothing against Michael. This is not personal Michael Bradley. Oh yeah, this I'm not, is, I'm not, this I'm, is your Michael Bradleys, your Josie Altidores. All those guys, I'm trying to now kind of move on from them and focus on these young, hot European guys. And so I I <laughs> I completely agree with where you're coming from. And that's why I, and, I, I, and I, like I said, I want to be clear. It's not personal, Michael Bradley, oh, whatsoever. I know, I know. If if I thought it was, I would be, you know, jumping to his defense right now, because uh, he's got a beautiful chrome dome. 
But you do, you do like you, I, you, you I, know. I'll say there's two things you like: young guys and bald heads. <laughs> young God guys. For, God, I like, God forbid Josh Sargent gets a buzz cut. I like young guys and bald and old guys. So it's a, it's a real <laughs> dichotomy there. Um, no, I uh, and that's why I, t- I I I mentioned in a you know with the idea of of switching out Bradley for Acosta, right? So so my my kind of theory is I think Bradley especially as you know he's been so involved with the US for so long he's he's held you know follower roles leadership roles as well I think he has a lot that he can kind of teach these younger guys especially players like Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and I I would like him in, at least in the next year or so to stay involved and mm. th- and then we phase him out help him impart that that leadership cuz you know he's a guy that when he's done playing for the US he still wants that team to be you know in good hands he's not a Landon Donovan that right we, he's we, not going to cheer for Mexico exactly, on Twitter exactly when when he's done with the US he's still going to be invested in the US and no, I, I like that I, I, that I just I don't want to lose that knowledge that's why I love you know bringing Brad Guzan back in the camp as well okay so of of the current kind of guys who have been called up recently or including the guys who were hurt who couldn't, who couldn't get called up, like McKinney, Pulisic, and Tyler Adams, whose virginity do you think sells for the highest? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, is is the caveat, are, are we saying, assuming they're all hypothetically still virgins, or... Yeah, or, they're, all of these guys are definitely crushed. There, there's, like, no doubt know, about that. I don't that. know, Josh Sargent kind of looks like a virgin. <laughs> oh, dude, shots fired at the ginger. Poor gingers, man, they're always getting picked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, I think this is a pro-ginger pro podcast. Would sell for the highest... Because he looks so vulnerable. Because it's the most pure. And, and redheads are very exotic in some places. Like, hey, there dude, are places that the, don't have redheaded people. Are you are you working uh, part-time at Sergio Ramos's uh, virginity <laughs> brokerage? Actually, I am. We actually have a uh, brokerage firm. It's called Ramos and Maz. We, uh, we, now buy, we now buy and sell virginities. So if anyone's listening and they have a virginity to sell... Please contact Eric Gates. I'm, I'm hoping I'm, – whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I am not part of this venture, but I'm also really hoping that this isn't necessary no, Eric, to ask. you're the face of the franchise. Is, <laughs> are you trying to scare off your clientele? <laughs> um, this is completely like um, – these people are are, 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 are willing and, and choosing yeah, to yeah, do this, it's right? It's fully consensual. These consensual. people are willingly selling their virginities. Nobody's getting hurt. Okay, so let's go back to the real question of, of if if uh, if we were assuming they're all virgins, um, who would okay who would sell for who would sell for the most? Yeah, I'm thinking Weston McKinney. I knew you were gonna say that. Dude is on fire right now, and he's 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 I don't know he's he's got like kind of like that baby face look that I think people would be like, yep, that's that's a a virgin right there, and and they would they would buy into that. Um, All right. Who's who, who's your pick? You, you said Josh Sargent. Uh, I said Josh Sargent could be like up there. I'm actually going to go DeAndre Yedlin. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you, there are some that's suburban some, that's housewives sex, that's out sex there, right there who haven't gotten fucked properly in like 20 years, who just want like Yedlin to fucking make them feel like a woman again. That guy oozes sex. Like yeah. he just oozes yeah. That's, that's uh, you. You win that 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 pick. Okay, my question <laughs> to you is who whose would sell for the least? <laughs> Uh, ben Sweat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I it's he's my boy and I and I love him, but it's probably gonna be Michael Bradley, right? <laughs> That's well, I don't know. I feel like you would bid pretty high. You would drop the price up on him. But uh, I think that about with a nice virginity discussion caps our uh, USA talk. So we're gonna. Yeah. Do a little preview of the big, just really the big marquee matchups in Europe or the big storylines for the European leagues this weekend. And then the there's a lot of really great games in the Champions League next week. Like, holy fuck, I wish I could just be randomly sick for two days and just stay home and watch soccer. I mean, you don't distribute this podcast to anybody at your work, right? Technically, no. So they wouldn't know. Yeah, but I like having a job. That's fair. Um, all right, so looking on to, to... I need to save money so I can keep buying virginities to then resell them. <laughs> Wait, are you taking losses? Hey, instead are, of, instead are, of are you eBay, taking losses? Instead of eBay, our website can be called VBay. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, moving on. What we got? What, what's the what's the big match in uh in the Premier League this week? Because we always start with the Premier League. <laughs> wow, be less bummer. <laughs> 
could be less buttered about that. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Chelsea and Man U, the beautiful 6.30 a.m. game on a Saturday. Why do they put that game at 6.30? I mean, because, like, that's, like, the perfect time for over there. Is, 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 that, is, that, is the daytime more popular than, than, like, a nighttime game on the I think, weekends? I think they want to have it at daytime so people don't get too fucked oh, up. Oh, that's, okay, that's drinking when nighttime comes. Yep, you know what? That, I, I, I revoke my complaint. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, this is not not going to be good for Manchester United. Spoiler alert, they're going to play defensively and negatively. And spoiler alert, they're not going to do it well. Is it is it at Stanford Bridge? Yes. Oh, um, good luck. <laughs> I'm thinking Chelsea are going to win 3-0. I, I just know that Sarri is programmed from his vast experience in Syria uh, how to attack defensive-minded, you know, formations and game And plans. it doesn't help when the defensive-minded team can't play <laughs> can't, defense. Can't defend. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm saying it's going to be 2-1 uh, Chelsea. I think we're going to I – think, I think hot guy of the week, uh, Marcus Rashford, is going to score maybe as a sub. But you're going to get a, a penalty scored from Jorginho. And then just, just because I, I don't want it to happen – but it's fitting. I could see Olivier Giroud scoring for Chelsea. So uh, my th- so I got my three zero win. My goal scores are Jorginho penalty, just like you said, and then I have an Eden Eden Hazard brace. Yeah, I, I Eden. I, I think Mourinho will do a decent enough job of of not allowing Hazard to get his to actually get you know, a goal. Uh, yeah. I think I think he's going to draw the penalty, and then I could I, he's my assist guy for the the Giroud header. Okay, right on. And yeah, I mean, the rest of the Premier League is just kind of there's nothing really like that exciting. So we can just yeah. I know I know since you hate it so much, we can move on. I love the Premier League, but it's always first. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, not Serie A. Going to La Liga now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big matchup is definitely Barca Sevilla, and I see Barca. I know it like looks like it's a game where oh Barca could lose this one too because Sevilla has been playing well. I actually see Barca winning this game and uh, getting back on track here. Yeah, this is in Barcelona. Uh, Sevilla played. This is where we're going to see are Sevilla just having a really good start to the season, or are they actually something to follow this season? Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not saying that if they lose, they're out of it. But if you know, if Barcelona wins this two nothing, three nothing, four one, something like that, then that's going to be pretty indicative of of where they're at. Um, I'm I'm actually looking to see that Sevilla kind of shows their their medal here, and I, I I'm looking for them to, to pull out a result, maybe a, a one one draw with a goal from Andre Silva. Okay, I like that. Uh, then we have Real Madrid play Levante, and it's, instead of really predicting a score, the question is: Will Real Madrid actually score a fucking goal? Nobody scores this game. Zero zero. I like that. Or like that. actually, you know what's really going to happen is similar to uh, to how he's performed for Spain these last couple of weeks. The, uh, the 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 virgin stockbroker himself, yeah, Sergio Ramos is going to score a header sometime. Penalty. After, sometime Raul's going to get a penalty and Ramos will score it sometime after the eighty fifth minute. He's scoring from a corner or a free kick. All right. Now we move on to Syria, which is the game of the weekend, this, in my opinion. This, this, and for for very biased reasons, is my game of the weekend, and you know, one of my two games of the year. This is uh, the Milan Derby. Inter Milan is the home team. AC Milan is the uh, the away team. How will they? How will will my dear Milan fare in the hostile environment of the San Siro? Uh, for, those- for those of you who don't know, <laughs> AC Milan and Inter Milan both played the San Siro. So I've been being a little facetious. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this this game. As I've mentioned so many times, I think like every podcast since the season you know was a, a week or two old, Milan is the only team that does in Serie A that does not have a clean sheet, and it would be just poetic justice for their first clean sheet performance of the season to be against Inter. Also, uh, Iguain is in fantastic form. One of my favorite Milan players, Jack Bonaventura, who I've mentioned several times on the pod, is playing really well. I'm I'm really excited, uh, Donnie. I know that you know I usually have 
a less optimistic output outlook about Milan, but something about this derby I'm, I'm really excited for. Well, what do we got for the score then? It's going to be, they're always close. It's always close. It's going to be 1-0 Milan over Inter. So I guess it would be 0-1 technically because we're the road team. Uh, a substitute appearance by Patrick Cutrone, who always scores in the big games for some reason, is going to is going to have a you know not an impressive goal at all. It's going to be really well worked by somebody like Jack Suso or Iguain, but he's going to be in the you know eight yards and in knocking it home. I like that. I'm going two one AC Milan win. Acardi absolutely scores the goal for Inter in the first half. Two second half goals for Milan. First goal by Higuain and a winner from Suso on a fucking screamer outside of the box. I mean, if Suso scores, it's going to be outside the box. So I like, I like that pick a lot. Uh, Acardi scares me. I I really like watching Acardi play, which is so confusing because I only ever see him play for either Inter or Argentina. I know he. It's it's like you said, he is to you what Aguero is. To yeah, me. it's it's so confusing inside. Uh, I re- I really like watching him play, um, but really. Some for some reason against you know I I think uh, especially you know with Ro- Romagnoli as long as he's healthy I I would love to see him kind of step up and and help shut down Acardi. Looking forward to it. I'll be watching on Sunday. That takes us now to uh, a less friendly part of Europe, Germany. <laughs> uh, Bayern Munich have really been fucking blowing chunks in the Bundesliga, which I love. Um, it's also been a really bad time to be Lewandowski, who is having a hard time finding the goals, and Poland is the first international team to be relegated in the UEFA League of Nations. And granted, it's the first. This is the first year of its inception, but still, to be the the the, the like, first ever to, team to be like the only marquee player of your country, and and to be the first ever country to be relegated in the League of Nations. Poland's in a weird spot. They're they're too good for that second division, but they are not nearly good enough for that first division. Classic. Just like Man U. We're too good to be in the championship. We're just not good enough for the Premier League. I think you could say you guys are too good for Europa League, but maybe not good enough for Champions League. Whoa, 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 whoa. More points than any uh, English team in the Champions League this season, buddy. Back check that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You don't get, to, you don't get to, to, to tear down your team and then and then jump down my throat when I join in on it. Absolutely. It's like it's like having you. You have a brother. I have a brother. I will talk shit about my 16-year-old chach of a brother all fucking day. But as soon as anyone else chimes in, I will curb stomp them. Yo, but you said that your team wasn't good enough for the Premier League. <laughs> I was just – I was saying better things. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. So they play Wolfsburg, which I would love for Wolfsburg to get a result. Yeah, I don't see Wolfsburg getting getting a W here, although it is a home game for Wolfsburg. Um, what I need to see is Bayern inject a little bit of youth. They named uh, their player of the Dude, month. Dude, inject a little bit of youth. Like, what is with you going after young guys? They're playing Ribery and Robin. Their squad is like 80 years old on aggregate. I get that you hate old people and you're ageophobic or whatever the fuck the word is for that, but you need to stop going after young kids. Like both your Hawkeyes of the week whoa, were under twenty one. You said kids. That's a little. That's a little. You're stretching my words a little bit. Oh, there, is buddy. an eighteen or a nineteen year old not really a kid? Eric, you're twenty six. Like you're not a young man anymore. They're legally adults. <laughs> You, you sound like every sleazy guy who's ever lit. Oh, look at them girls. They're 18 years old. Well, legally, they're adults. Like, that's, Yo, like, that's a quote straight out of is, Alabama. This is this is my uh, – no, this is a quote from my audition tape that I'm bypassing you and sitting straight to Sergio Ramos to work for, for Ramos and Ma- Ramos Imaz. Dude, how fucked would it be if I didn't even work there but they're using my name <laughs> to buy it so virginity? Uh, and then Schalke play Werder Bremen. It would be so cool if this was Josh Sargent's first start because he could play against McKinney yeah. if he's not hurt. I th- well, but it won't be. Yeah, it and won't he's, be. And he's hurt. Uh, he's also uh, – Josh Sargent's not going to come from not being in the match day 23 ever to starting. You know, he's dude, going you – know, Dude, weird shit happens. What if, 
what if all the other strikers <laughs> get diarrhea, which is what I'm actively trying to do. You know, I, actively, like, I never play for a player to get injured. I never hope a player gets injured, but I'm praying for a diarrhea epidemic to hurt all the Werder Bremen strikers except Josh Sargent. That, I feel like I'm okay to ask for that. Yeah, that's fair, because, like, poop's funny. Yeah, I guess poop is funny, buddy. Um, now, the Champions League next week has some thrilling matchups. Starting Tuesday, after Man U get demolished by Chelsea, they have Juventus at home to look forward to, which is cool in the sense that Ronaldo gets to come home, and that's really, really cool. But, oh my god, Man U's losing this one badly. So we've talked about how Man U can't play defense, right? <laughs> yeah. And how Ronaldo took all the goal scoring with him when he left Real Madrid, and, and he's scoring goals for Juventus. Do you think he celebrates if he scores? No, he didn't celebrate when he scored with Real Madrid a few years ago. He won't celebrate this one. Yeah, I was gonna say I would. He's you know for all the shtick people love to give Ronaldo, I I think he is a class act when it comes to you know things like this and and I I hope to see uh, you know Sir Alex at the, at the game. Hopefully he's you know I know he's been, oh he'll definitely be. There. I know he's been feeling better, so I, I do hope to see him there because you know how how strongly that their connection is. Yeah, so that won't be good for Man U, but that will be a popular game. That's the big Tuesday game. Holy crap, though. Let's talk about the three Wednesday games. These games are incredible. I think the first one we're going to talk about, I, my, the one I'm most excited for, Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid. That's going to be a great game. Dortmund That's is, such a good matchup. Dortmund's playing straight fire right now. Dude, Paco Alassar is on another world right now. He has he's he has 10 shots on target but for club and country this season, and he scored 10 goals. Are you fucking joking? No. <laughs> That's insane. So, in uh, he has six Bundesliga goals in eighty-one minutes compared to <laughs> Luis Suarez's three La Liga goals in six hundred and fifty-nine minutes. Yeah, no, he is Suarez is a guy who would buy a virginity. By the way, oh god, yeah, and he would, yeah. Oh, it's creepy. Can we? Can you at least have client some like you know standards for your clientele, like no biters? That dude, a lot of people are into that. Like, I know you're not very experienced sexually, but a lot of people are into biting or being bitten. <laughs> Fine. I'm just saying. That's fair. Uh, but no, that's going to be a great game. Griezmann, oh, oh man, do you think Polsic is going to be good or probably not? You think it's just too soon? Even if he's good, I think they maybe shift their formation around to 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 put Paco in and and you know fit him in front of Polsic. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. What do you think there? Dortmund's at home. I I don't know because Atletico plays such great defense and with Griezmann on that counter, I, I think it's going to be 3-3. Damn. I like two, that. 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 2-2. Okay, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Atletico Madrid win. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Griezmann's at least getting one goal this game. No doubt, no doubt. So that takes us then to the other great Wednesday game, Barcelona versus Inter Milan. In Barcelona. Barcelona with, with you know playing at home against Sevilla and then at home against Inter. That's a pretty favorable kind of schedule. Whereas Inter has has, you know, Milan and Away at Barcelona. And then away at Barcelona, which is which is tough drawing, I think, for Inter. Um I think Barcelona win this. They they seem to get their shit together for uh, you know for Champions League for those big matches. Uh, I do exp- I, I would not be surprised to see Acardi put Inter Milan ahead first half. Uh-huh. But I I still think you know with with Messi and, and Suarez Barcelona are going to to win this one two one. I got a three one Barcelona win, but I also have an Acardi goal for Inter. And this, then the last this, 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 I'm, this, I'm the most excited. This about. could be the game that um, that seals Acardi moving to La Liga next season. Barca Inter, huh? Barca Inter is going to seal Acardi going to La Liga. His performance against against Barcelona, I could see that um, you know Fiorentino, Florentino Perez watching that and realizing, hey, Real Madrid needs to score goals. This this Acardi guy is pretty good. Let's just sell a shit ton of money. You know, let. let I could, you know, I could even see them setting up a Modric, Acardi plus cash swap. Interesting. Yeah. This this last game is the one I'm most excited about next week. PSG Napoli. God, that is. 
That is sexy. I honestly like. Oh man, I I don't know because PSG's attack is just so fucking incredible. But Napoli are just have Don Carlo very very well coached. PSG has I, the players. Napoli have the uh, the manager. I gotta give the edge just because of Mbappe. I gotta give the edge to PSG. I think PSG come out in a win here, and in Paris, two with the with the Parisians with the Pierres and the Pierrettes. Two nothing PSG. Yeah, Mbappe has one for sure, and so does Neymar. Yeah, but Neymar's is shitty. You know it'd be be cool. You know it'd be cool to see Cavani leave uh, PSG and return home to Napoli. I would actually love that. Wouldn't that be something? I think yeah. I think Napoli Don Carlo with Cavani next season could be fun to watch. And that's, that would be a squad that's said as somebody who's an AC Milan fan and does not want to see top teams in, in, in Italy getting that much stronger than Milan. You just got to think eventually Mbappe is going to leave PSG. He's 19. He's got to go somewhere else. I mean, there's only two places he'd go, though, right? It's not like he's at Lyon or he's at, you know, some, like, mid-table Italian or, or uh, you know, German club. He's, he's, mm-hmm. at, he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world right now. The only the only two places I could see him moving would be, you know, obviously, you know, one of the top clubs in China or the Turkish Superliga. <laughs> Dude, you go to China to get paid, though. <laughs> no, those I, guys. Oh, you know what? Maybe they're one of those like, countries that buys a lot of Virginity now that I think about it. I, I got to reread this article about Virginia. I'll, I'll send it to you. Do you want me to post it on your LinkedIn? <laughs> I really do not. Anyway, that's our podcast. Uh, a lot of virginity talk. That just kind of <laughs> happened out of nowhere. It was not I'll, planned. <laughs> but thanks for listening. As always, you can tweet us at OwnGoalPod. Um, if you check the Twitter right now, you'll see my uh, hot guy of the week. He's really hot. Um, and you can email us, OwnGoalPod at gmail.com. Please email us. We want to get back to uh, mailbag for douchebags. We haven't yeah. had... I haven't checked the email lately, but I don't think we've had any email. I don't think we've had a proper mail time in a while. And, and like I, I also said earlier, uh, if you have any suggestions, any, any players you want to know, you know, uh, their aptitude test, what, they w- what profession they would be if they weren't a soccer player, we, we'd love to, to build that segment. So let, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. Bye.